turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Welcome back to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. So glad to have you with us on this Tuesday afternoon. If you've missed any of the show, especially the time we were able to spend with Paul Jacobs from Food for the Poor, I'd really encourage you to do two things. One, go get the podcast. You can kind of catch up on it. Paul's always very... um, He's so passionate. Passionate, convicting. Kind of. He Not kind of. Dude is a preacher. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, and also has. just loves what he does with Food for the Poor. So I believe him, and it makes me get excited about partnering with Food for the Poor this Christmas season. And a lot of what he d- does at Food for the Poor was birthed out of his own pain, where he tells his own stories from his mm-hmm. childhood. Oh. Uh, so I'd encourage you to go get that. And then go to 1160hope.com, click on the Give Life banner, and give your best gift today. Uh, we're excited for uh, the opportunity to support at only $80 one-time gift you can support two children with food for a year. So as I always attribute to you, Aubrey, give your best gift. I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that, but You're I the first person the who said it on our show. <laughs> yes. So if that's $20, thank you. If that's $2,000, thank you. Right. All of that money right. will go towards uh, providing desperately needed food yes. for children in Latin America, the Caribbean, places like Haiti. Uh, and so thank you in advance for going to 1160hope.com and doing that. Okay. I was reading on Twitter the other day, and Aubrey, I saw a tweet that I I can't, I don't have the attribution to it. I can't okay. tell you where it came sure. from, but it's something that there's an undercurrent, especially amongst like very politically minded, I would say... Um, kind of guys, guys in the Christian world. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yes. So this person said that the, and I, I wish I could remember who said it, but this person said the quiet part out loud. Mm. But it's the feel that's out there with more people mm. to what this guy said. He basically said that the ways of Jesus, and then I remember in it, he wrote in parentheses, like turning the other cheek, won't work in today's world. Whoa. So I think this was a political tweet. Yeah. But even mm. if it wasn't, it mm. was also, mm. it was this acknowledgement and this kind of undertone was we live in a world right now where the stakes are too high. And uh, as much as we, I'm using air quotes, as Christians are being pushed back against, we have to push back with equal veracity. Um, and that. Uh, sure, maybe in your personal relationships, yeah. turning the other cheek right. or showing love right. or whatever else might be a good idea. Loving your neighbor as a culture or as a Christian, I don't know, would I use the word movement? Uh, that's not going to help us right now because we're in the quote unquote fight for our lives. Something has changed in yeah. our culture. Yeah. So yeah. go back to the beginning here. Just the premise. It's again that premise Less turning of the cheeks, less turning of the cheeks, and more overturning the tables. 
<laughs> so it's funny. I, I'm looking for it right now on threads, and of course I can't find it, but somebody posted, Mike Frost might have even posted it, but it wasn't him. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know that it was connected to this at all. But he said, in all these talks about biblical manhood, I wonder if anyone's thought about Joseph submitting to Mary, something like that. I saw that one. And it was this powerful picture of Joseph holding baby Jesus. And so many people commented on how there's never images of Joseph holding baby Jesus. It's also it's always Mary or Jesus in that little hay trough Mm -hmm. and um, feeding trough or hay cradle. And to cradle, as they call it back in the day, um, that's connected in my mind. Mm. Like, is there a place for a different type of masculinity that actually honors God and is not that this is war rhetoric? Yeah, let I'm me go- tables rhetoric. That's good. I, let me unpack it some more, because I do think even though I read this I think this is less a masculine tweet and more a political. Yes. Gotcha. It is more of a, it's time for us to fight. Uh, You see all the stuff going on around us Uh, and political. I mean, as in like there's, it's not necessarily vote for this person. It's more saying, Hey, there's this pushback against Christians right now. Uh, We have to push back equally. Like I said, it's more turning over the tables than it is turning the other cheek. I just get super uncomfortable with the premise, the ways of Jesus aren't really effective right now. now. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you that it's uncomfortable on a number of reasons. One, it's like, I just would be careful messing around with saying the ways of Jesus aren't, you know, like you just, you shut your mouth over there, you know, a little, you know. I just don't think the ways of Jesus were effective then either. Yes. And that's the other thing I was going to say. And I think it's the wrong usage of the ways of Jesus, because what they're talking about is using Jesus's way for power, power, position, influence, et cetera. Jesus was literally like, pick up your cross and die. Mm -hmm. Like we're, it's a totally different message. It's a message of love. It's a message of humility. It's a message of simplicity. It's not a message of that kind of power, that kind of influence, that kind of like grabbing. And so I, yeah, it's uncomfortable on, on several, um, several levels. I also just disagree. Right. Like, and, and that would show you my personality perhaps more, but I don't disagree in what way I, this whole like, politics we can't be kind we have to be i don't even beat our chest and and fight fire with rocket fire i <laughs> do you know what i mean like yes. that that rhetoric wins but it's annoying mm. that's not a very intelligent thing to say i realize even as i just said it but it, do you know what i mean like well, what if actually you're a person of integrity and you reach across the aisle and you stand for what you stand for, but you serve people and you care about the poor and you do turn the other cheek? And what if, you know what I mean? Like, what if actually peacemaking and bringing shalom and bringing flourishing to places that are hurting is actually the kind of politics we're looking for right now? I I like what you say there. I just think fundamentally as Christians, whether we're talking about the church or we're talking about individual relationships or whatever else it might be. Anytime those who claim Jesus to be Lord go, but his ways aren't going to work now. Wait, are these Christians saying this? Did I miss that? Oh, 100%. Brian, I thought no, you were is... saying just some random like. No, 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 these are Christian. This is a Christian. This was a Christian person. 
Yes. Okay. Wow. That just leveled up for me. Okay. Keep, sorry, keep sorry to not make I, that no, no, clear. No, no, that's my fault. I probably uh, didn't listen to you. <laughs> get in line. Uh, but it's this idea that uh, the ways of anytime you go to the ways of Jesus aren't going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Again, let me remind you. The ways of Jesus got Jesus hung on a cross. Mm. It got his disciples killed. It was not about advancement and uh, power and influence. So it's really disingenuous to be like, oh, something's changed. Now it doesn't work. Now it's irrelevant. I would say if you think as a Christian that the ways of Jesus don't quote unquote work, then your end goal is wrong. Whatever working gets you to. That's it is wrong. That's it. And I I fear there's a big movement going in that direction. You hear that rhetoric quite a bit, some version of it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, now that I know we're talking about people of faith, you're right. Your end game is wrong. If you're saying the way of Jesus isn't the way we should mm-hmm. be moving, period. It should always be the way that we're moving. Mm-hmm. And I think where we as the church see ourselves not in that way That's a call for repentance, not for, Mm. hey, it's just new strategy. Uh Uh-uh. You're now out from under the lordship of Jesus, and you're chasing after something altogether different. Well, coming up next, uh, we love to talk to our friend Matt Sorens from World Relief. He just makes us smarter. He makes us smarter. Makes us smarter. He is... Uh, he. You might agree with his stuff. You might disagree, but nobody knows more about the world of immigration and the role of the church than Matthew Sorens. And we're excited to be joined by Matt next year on The Common Good, AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on this Tuesday evening. My name is Aubrey Sampson. I am joined by my co-host, Brian Fromm. Mm -hmm. And we are so glad that you are with us today on this Tuesday evening Getting tiptoeing closer and closer <laughs> to Christmas. It's oh, so, you're so, so close exciting. to singing right now. <laughs> I know. I almost started singing. Uh, okay. Seriously, is your Christmas shopping done? I know your wife does the majority of it, but like the part that you need to do, Brian Fromm. It is not. Done? And that just is what her stuff is. But I'm going to put this a little bit on my wife because I've been kind of waiting for like the list or something. Just her and I are trying to figure out. Like, what are we, how much are we actually spending on gotcha. each other? What do you actually want? Yeah. And I'm kind of, yeah. I've asked her to let me get my own gift because I had something in mind. Uh, and so I've been like, hey, do you want to get your own gift or do you want me to get? So mm-hmm. it's, she's not listening. This one's a little bit on her. But if Doesn't it wasn't on her, like it's on her, if it wasn't on her, <laughs> I still like would not you. have done it yet. Exactly. I was going to say, so it's not on her at all. Okay, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Like in most families, the woman is doing all of the Christmas magic. What about, do you have that's special not, things that, that you eat? That is not what I said. Do you have, that's what I heard. Do you have uh, special things you eat on Christmas? Like that she makes or that you make or whatever, like your go-to Christmas food? Uh, not so much. We will make cookies mm, and yeah. that kind of stuff. I grew up in a home. I've told you I'm a hundred percent Norwegian. So we would always have what's called krumkaga. What's that? Oh, it I'm is. I'm not hearing about this stuff. It is like, krumkaga? it is shaped like a cone <laughs> Yes, and it is just delicious. It's is just it like, like a cookie. A waffle? No, a we would also cone? make Norwegian waffles, but uh, here I'm going to try to look up. I, I don't know how to describe. I love this. I love hearing about Kroom Kugan. Okay, well, while Krum you're... Kaga. I'm so sorry. Kroom Kaga, not to be confused with Sun Kaga, well, which is another type of Norwegian wow. cookie. Kaga. Is that what is 
is Kaga Norwegian for cookie? So at some day I'll have to tell you the story longer. Here I'm showing you a picture of Kroom Kaga right now. I've seen that in movie in Hallmark movies they made so, that. So some of my family uh knows Norwegian, but my brother and I never really Learned ever picked it, it up. Yeah. Like we'd get embarrassed by like our younger cousins who knew it. Oh and those uh brats. There was a Those prayer, like when you were with more like the grandparents and the aunt and uncles. There was a very specific prayer Smart before kagas. you before you eat oh. that was that was said in Norwegian. And uh, my brother and I basically came up with like the sounds of it, <laughs> and we figured out how to fake it, and it was awesome. Stop, because it was stop you it, all said it, it together, it. right? Like it would be like all right. And like my cousins, they all knew the words. And wow. my brother and I just knew the cadence. So could you do it for us now? So Whatever your with version the, it of it is. starts with Yesu Nam. Okay. Oh, Jesus, in the name damn. of Jesus. Uh, wow, I'm Norwegian. Right, right. But I'll just give you the beginning. My brother and I figured out that you would just go Yesu Nam Gabitabor. And then it would be like... <laughs> then we just knew the sounds. It sounded like the Swedish and, right? No, it just went away. And we could, we knew it. And then, like, but it was so funny because my cousins would, like, amazing. know it and this and that. We're like, wow. no. To wow. this day, you have, I have no idea what it is. You have good stories. And that, I'm going to add that to the list of your good stories. That's a good one right there. All right. Well. Uh, you've just offended all of our Norwegian listeners. But- no, I'm 100% Norwegian. <laughs> love the land. Uh, you know, love, love the sweaters. The I will eat way too much Kaga if given the opportunity. I am so excited um, about Kaga. But, you know, things generation, each generation, they just get. Yeah, it's sad. Little less bring it back. Less. Maybe your kids will bring it back. No. Maybe no, they, they will, will bring it back. They oh. will not. <laughs> all right, Brian. I don't know how to transition from Kaga to discerning God's will, mm. but we're going to do Very it. Very carefully. We are going to do it. Uh, the Advance Initiative has a substack where Bryce Johnson is writing about this. And it's interesting. He kind of tells a story of praying for guidance for a decision. He was not sure. Could, this is me. I can always see both sides. That's right. And so I like can't I get like decision freezing, frozen because I can see both sides. So he was saying he really wanted God to give him a like, give me a burning bush. Right. Give me the dew right. on the fleece encounter me God so I know exactly what decision to make and he talks about God does speak to us today but what do you do when it's hard to make the decision there isn't necessarily a clear answer in scripture and you're not getting that burning right. bush on the side That's of the right. road so he's got a couple ways that we can consider growing in in discernment and the first one is kind of obvious but I actually think it's really profound he's referencing James here James 1 if any of you lacks wisdom ask God who there gives you go. Generally to all without reproach. That's one of those verses. Generously. Gener- what did I say? Generally. Generally and generously. <laughs> <laughs> generously. There is. That's one of those verses that I I remember kind of hearing growing up in the faith. Like God says he'll give you wisdom. So you should just ask for it. Like God says he'll give it to you generously. So why don't we ask for it? And so this is interesting. Like, yeah, if you need wisdom. Ask God for it. It's a promise that he will give wisdom to you generously. Like at some point, there are there are certain things that we guess about in Scripture and certain things that are promises. And we mm-hmm. believe that God keeps his promises. So where there are promises, lean into them. Yeah. That one's good. That yeah, one's I good. Think that's a good one. The next one I think is so wise. Invite godly counsel. We don't make decisions one. alone. Yes. And I think this is so important. One of the benefits of Christian community is the accumulated wisdom that comes from other believers who are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
The kingdom of God, he says, is a community that spans generations, cultures, ideologies. Therefore, seeking wisdom from other believers can help protect us from the echo chambers we live in, ensure that we're not walking in darkness. Mm-hmm. I, I That to me is so helpful because sometimes I just need my my godly counsel friends to be a sounding board for me. And even if I don't end up doing what they think that I should do or how they weighed in, just having the conversation helps sharpen my own understanding of like, no, this is actually what I want to do. Okay, now I feel good in this decision. So helpful. Here's mm-hmm. another one. I think this is huge. Make a decision by faith. Like just make the decision and trust that God who is sovereign is going to do it. That I think important. that's so good yep. too. And then the last one is be conformed into the image of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate wisdom of God. So when you're stuck in analysis paralysis, overthinking everything, just trust that like you've been walking with Jesus for a while. God is conforming you into the image of Jesus. You have what you need to make a decision. What are your thoughts about those? I think those are all great. The godly counsel one is is a good one. Yep. Where I always struggle with this concept of God's will is people believe there's like, if I get this wrong, I'm kind of... Now I'm heading in some direction that's like anti-God, right? of God's will. So I have something. all of yeah. these crossroads yeah. in my life where it's like the old choose your own adventure books we used to read. And let's just but hope I do the right one. Right, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think it's a much more general than that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I like if I, I don't think there are many moments in life where it's like if you make the wrong choice here you're gone. Yeah. Like it's whatever. Right. Right. I also think there's an important verse. I would just looked it up. I want to make sure I get it right. It's that famous one in Romans 12, one and two urge you brothers and sister in view of God's mercy off your bodies as living sacrifices. And it says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, mm. but be transformed with the by the renewing of your mind. Mm. And here's the promise. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is mm. his good, pleasing and perfect will. There seems to be something about not conforming to this world yeah. and being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Like, yeah. we, it, it's like being connected to the vine. It's being good. in step with the spirit. Yeah, it's that's good, Brian. Not being conformed to this world. Like, it seems like when my when I've got that wrong, it's yep. harder, at least according to this, to know what's God got for me. Yeah, which way to, am I supposed to, to be going? To make a wise decision, right? unless you're that's part of your whole life and your Correct. whole process. Yeah, that's really that's really good. I appreciate that word. Well, that's some ways you can discern God's will, especially if you're facing a difficult decision this holiday season. Hey, we've been talking all week. We're getting closer and closer to Christmas. We are still in Advent, so we thought we would send you out today with a beautiful Advent reading. This comes from She Reads Truth, which is a ministry that essentially has Bible studies and reading plans, podcasts, other things like that, trying to get more and more women into the word of God. They're reflecting on Luke chapter two, verses 30 through 31, which say this, for my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples. Mm -hmm. And let me just read this for you. This is from, listen to this lady's name. Are you ready for it? Amanda. Bible Williams. <laughs> if you're not a Bible teacher with your with your middle name being Bible, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Would you have felt bad about like, uh, I'm, I just clicked on her thing. She says, my main name really is Bible. Uh, I would have felt guilty as like, like as the husband making her not take, not leave <laughs> the name Bible. That's true. He probably should have taken her name. Yeah. That's a Bible is a pretty intense name right there. What? Yeah, and she. That's a really. I've never heard of the I've name never Bible. Heard of Bible as a last name either. So that was that's that was her maiden name. So that was her family name. 
If I now now I'm going down a bad path. If I had the last name Bible and I could come up and I had a baby. Oh no. And I could come up with a funny first name. Uh-oh. What would you go with? Well, low-hanging fruit's holy. Yeah, but who's named holy? You could do like you could do like I might go the other way just as a joke, just John to mess with something. my kid. John and Bible. If it's a boy, I would name him Les. Les Bible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's dumb. Wow. That was, that was pretty good. That I was think pretty so. good right there. I was trying to think of like read your something like that, but yours was funnier. Okay, here we go. You ready for this Advent reading, Brian, from Luke? I am ready. Two? My grandmother had five siblings, three sisters and two brothers, plus a collection of brothers and sisters-in-law to round out the crew to a full dozen. The holidays of my childhood were highlighted by memories of them cooking meals together, sharing stories, singing by the light of the moon, and laughter. Always laughter. Our family lost the last of them this year, and my mom and I found ourselves immersed in my grandmother's old photo albums. There in black and white stood the sisters, as we call them, and a simple realization startled me. These wise, lovely, larger-than-life women from my earliest memories were not the otherworldly figures I always thought them to be. I couldn't see it as a young girl, but now as a woman, not much younger than they were then, I can imagine the longings that must have lived underneath the laughter. Longings for painful relationships to be repaired, for ailing bodies to be healed, for deeply held hopes to become reality, for mounds of uncertainty to be overcome with surety. In my eyes... The sisters were strong and sure, but they were just like me, limping toward Christmas Day with an ache for restoration embedded in their hearts. I've been thinking of them as we prepare for another Advent, how each generation is united to those before and those after by a bones-deep desire for everything to be made right. We see it throughout the Old Testament as God's people waited for the Messiah. We hear its echoes in the New Testament as the early church waited for Christ's return. And we feel it still today as we remember the birth of our Savior and look forward to his promised return. This is what the season of Advent is about, anticipating the birth of the one who meets every need. Jesus is the man from heaven who came to reconcile us to God. He is the bread of life who satisfies our deepest hunger. He is the king of the nations who brings the hope of heaven to the whole world. He is God with us, the only one worthy of our worship. Mm. This is our 12th Advent as the She Reads Truth community. That's where I'm reading from. And I'm thrilled that you're joining us. Together, we'll celebrate the season with food and song and mostly the presence of Jesus. Oh, come, let us adore him. All right. So this concept of Jesus being what we're longing for and ultimately we're longing for restoration. We're longing for everything to be made right. And whether that's in our bodies or in our relationships or just the hopes that we have Ultimately, all of that longing is pointing us to Jesus. And that's kind of what we reflect on in Advent, Mm. that in-between season of Jesus's first arrival and Jesus's next arrival. And we we I think the concept of waiting and longing and that in-between is a massive part of Advent. Don't you think, Brian? Yeah, there's just this waiting. Like that's what Advent is really all about is waiting for. They're waiting, they're watching for the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I think at this season for people uh, out there who are waiting for whatever, you know, if, uh, if you are waiting, if you find yourself in that season, um, know that you're in good company Yeah, and that uh, you can continue to trust God and wait on him. Yeah. uh, And, and that's okay. 
Yeah, I th- I think that's good. Like that that many of us, I think, feel like we need the the solution to the pain point now. Mm-hmm. And of course we want that. And, you know, think about that in as many categories as you want to, that you could look at the whole world. Where's the solution to all of the war and all of the heartache and all of the pain, all of the displaced people. You can look at, you know, family conflict, especially over the holidays. You want to see a solution to that. Now you can think about the own things that you're struggling with or your children are struggling with. And, you know, some of it is, I, I understand some of it is like American society. We want it fixed and we want it fixed now. But some of mm-hmm. it, I think, is just that human longing to see fullness and to see wholeness and to see healing and to see shalom and to experience love. We like we have these ideals for a reason that it's part of what it means to be a human to long for these things. And so to just kind of admit and go, yeah, no, I'm I'm still waiting And yet, as I'm waiting, I'm waiting specifically for something that I believe only Jesus can bring. Mm -hmm. That's part of it, right? You're not just waiting and like twiddling your thumbs. You're waiting for promises of Jesus. You're waiting for the presence of Jesus. You're waiting for the peace of Jesus to enter into these situations. And that's that's a lot of the heart of what Advent is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that we get that, especially low church people like us, where it's yeah. all, it's all celebration. Right. right? And so therefore right. when you're not feeling in the celebratory mood, mm. um, you know, you're like, well, maybe Christmas isn't for me this year. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and really Advent is all about uh, waiting. It's the, mm. I just looked up in the dictionary. It's the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. It's mm. kind of the waiting for that. And then there's the second advent, right? Waiting yeah. on the second coming of Jesus. I, I think you can be encouraged out there if you're not entering into the Christmas season and like this spiritual high going, oh, man, everything's great. I can't wait till I get to. And no, it's it's okay. Yeah. In fact, that yeah. might make it a sweeter time this Christmas to be able to um come before God and mm. just say, Hey, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we, we know that God meets us in those places. Yeah. I, I think that's so good. There, there's a, you can read a lot more at she reads truth.com. They have another um, Advent reading. That's kind of the same idea about waiting, but this person is talking specifically about her private struggles and her intimate thoughts that don't feel like they've been transformed by Jesus. And she's like, there are things I'm waiting for and it's my sin. Like Mm. I need Jesus to transform, not just even these big things that I'm longing for, but like in my own heart, I am waiting and trusting that God has rescued and redeemed everyone else, faithful followers of Jesus before me and can still rescue and redeem me in my own sin struggle. So that's another thing we don't talk yeah. about a lot of Advent, like how Jesus meets us in our sin, our brokenness, transforms us into Christ likeness, forgives us, sets us free, that kind that's of right. thing as that's well. Right. Hey, well, we hope that that encourages you today. Brian and I will be back again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. For Brian Fromm, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. <laughs> 